housekeeping. <laughs> That's why we didn't record in a while. You were moving. Yeah. I was on vacation. And, you know, there are things to be done. I've been working really hard on my game slash not working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I uh, only recently obtained what should be reasonable um, audio quality in this room. The, I have carpet on the floor, well, a rug on the floor, and my panels, and hopefully there's not too much traffic noise. Um, maybe I should like put a tax strip on either end of my street, because cars keep driving by, which is obnoxious, because this road goes from nowhere to nowhere in particular. So stop it, people. Why aren't you already home from work? And your house is kind of like right on the street, right? Um, yeah, the front yard is tiny. Yeah. It's a symptom of its age. Because yep. back when there were only horses going by on the road, <laughs> that wasn't much of a problem how close you were to it. Yeah. And you wanted to, I guess you wanted to optimize your backyard space or something, which not that I have a huge, I'm, I'm sort of delighted by how small my yard is. Um, especially compared to my previous house, which had like the biggest front yard and it was such a pain in the ass to mow and I was mad. Now my front yard's like, I don't know, eight by 10 or something. <laughs> no, it's bigger than that, but I, well, maybe. I'm trying to, like the rug in this room is eight by 10 and I'm trying to decide <laughs> if it's bigger than the lawn. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, so I moved to the, uh, to Schenectady, uh, which is fun to say. And uh, yeah. It was hell. It was horrible. It was a horrible move. And it was hot all the days that we were moving out of Atlanta. Like, my last power bill for half of July, of, was it? No, half of August, I guess, was 145 bucks, which was high. I'll take your word for it. I don't pay my power bill. <laughs> yeah. I didn't used to in California, and I kind of, like... It, our power bill was so cheap in the winter in Atlanta and so expensive. Like, but but previously the highest it ever really got up to is like two fifty, and that was like with the inadequate air conditioner running twenty four seven. So, I mean, if that's only half of July, we were we were working toward a three hundred dollar month. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. So yeah, you can't escape summer, but you will have winter up here. Yay. I'm sure I will have much bitching about snow. Yeah, and um, we're go so in the news this week, there were two global warming-related stories. Um, <laughs> one was that the Northeast is going to um, experience a new, a new normal of progressively colder winters, um, and this is um, on top of whatever El Nino does or doesn't do, um, but because of the way so heat at the poles melts ice caps and pushes cold water down and the northeast and england and the scandinavian countries are heated by um the really big conveyor belt of warm water and when that gets screwed up by melting icebergs it's sort of uh turns the weather to what it should be for this distance from the equator. I don't know 
want that though. <laughs> so it's going to get worse and worse every year. And you picked a great year to start. Um, but because oh. no one talks about global warming in the winter because it snows and they think, oh, global warming's not real. Real. Shut up. That's proof that it is. Yeah, we're going. We're going to save that as a real topic for then. Okay. <laughs> Along with the uh, story that NASA confirmed that three foot sea rise is now a guarantee. Everything is terrible. <laughs> Everything is terrible. Um, there is an Apple event uh, next week. And Will it be terrible? I hope we don't have to do a show about it because so much spilled out about what's going to be and it's basically going to be everything uh so hopefully that should be fine but this week we're angry at apple because we've both been using logic a lot lately and apple just issued an update to that which just ugh. thanks apple i didn't need that hard drive space yeah so this isn't oh microsoft added the ribbon and it's different and (laughs) my panties are the most bunch they could possibly be because word looks different now um although i i did get mighty bunchy about that (laughs) so did i because office 2000 for the mac had its own interface uh office 2000 and 2004 where they had what was sort of similar to the inspector that you would find in most most apple apps where there was just this one floating window and you just triangled all of the pieces you needed out of it yeah it was and unlike the ribbon it was organized in a way that made sense (laughs) (laughs) and and being that it was a disclosure triangle based you could like see more than one thing at a time you could leave something open and it would just gray out when it's not relevant like say you always wanted uh picture formatting to be there because you were working with a lot of images then you would type some stuff and it would just it would just politely gray out it wouldn't you know completely change the top part of your interface on you um but yeah so apple bought some company which is used for a lot of edm production and you know as you kids and my lawn uh <laughs> but the but the problem isn't that they added more functionality to logic it's that no, that's they, fine they forced it onto you with a half gigabyte uh download in addition to the size of the actual update when you first launch it yeah i love that i was like ready to get to some podcast editing but oops i'd updated logic so i had to wait a good five minutes for it to install thanks apple yeah, because, well, at least your internet wasn't the bottleneck because you have Fios no. now, but your yes. spinning disk certainly was. <laughs> yeah, it was. My Fios is awesome. Just, you know, I didn't, I don't even, I have like the second cheapest Fios and it's still like, it kicks ass because um, I had Uverse before and it was terrible. But yeah, back to bitching about logic, that really sucked. And yeah, spinny disks and they aren't like massively huge. So I'm kind of uh, like, and I will never ever use those sounds because they're kind of specialized like why does everybody have to have them was that part of the deal or something and if so why i can't think of a reason it's i mean it's just (laughs) yeah um they also force onto you like just the first time you even use logic a couple of the MIDI instruments as well, which are, Mm. like, not good (laughs) by, like, many standards. So in 
2004, 5. Well, I'll, I'll say... In software year 2004, so that's the year that things with the suffix 2004 came out. I don't know mm. if that's like cars where that's in 2003, <laughs> 2004, or 2005, whatever. Um, uh, so Finale 2004, which was one of the two main uh, music notation applications that were affordable by humans back then because Logic mm-hmm. had a K in its price, um, came with fairly decent software instruments, like standard with it. It wasn't an add-on package. At this time, you could buy music, or, or you know, you could buy the loops and the software instruments that Apple provided for Logic for use in Logic or GarageBand for like $350 (laughs) um, per family. Oh, wow. So if you remember, they were called Jam Packs. And they were like $350 and they included some instruments and some loops. And frustratingly, even back then, because uh, hard drive sizes were like, like remember 20 gigabyte spinning hard drives like yeah that's what you got in your laptop in 2003 in, in <laughs> 2000 when i bought my first desktop it came with a 10 gig hard drive so when i upgraded to a 40 gig in the computer i bought myself it was amazing oh yeah my imac g3 had a 20 in it and when i bought my uh, 12 inch g4 it had a 40 in it <laughs> <laughs> um but of course apple was frugal with hard drive sizes just oh, like yeah. it is with ram so Thanks, um, Apple. But anyway, oh, so the jam packs were also of obnoxious sizes because the loops are given to you as uncompressed eighths, even though they should be like just, you know, notation data because they're right. made. They're made with the crappy sh- software instruments they're giving you that you're paying for. Yeah, that's pretty. I've never thought about that, but that's really strange. So, like your. Uh, your theme for Totally Uncool is one of those loops. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and, you know, it is a it is a .cif, a core audio file, which is, you know, just sort of like the the successor to AFIT's uncompressed, but it can be compressed, but it's, you know, just, just it plays really fast. There's no overhead to it. Um, and, and the last Totally Uncool, the one with Yasmin, like... For some reason, it sounded really tinny to me. Yeah, Just I'm not entirely sure why. Yeah, and yeah. and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I have these uh, uh, instruments I'm paying uh, $360 a year for that are actual recordings of real instruments, and I'm going to get into that more later. Um, so... You know, I'll just I'll just do this with you know the quote unquote real instruments and send it back to her, um, because maybe I'm just used to the better stuff because I've been working with it day and night, and you know it's just a you know um, relative thing. Yeah, that's possible. Or maybe but, I changed a setting. I don't even know. But then I remembered that no, those are it's terrible software instruments. You know, already bounced out. Like, I would have to, you know, listen to it and re-sequence it, and that's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's just work. Yeah, don't bother. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's just it's just podcast intro music. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been working with these real sounding instruments because they're not made out of DSPs. They're just uh, gigabytes and gigabytes of audio <laughs> files that I have streaming from an SSD. And while I'm working, Logic keeps telling me that um, cannot process audio data in time. And this is a modal dialogue, so it stops everything when this pops up. Yeah, I get that sometimes on my spinny disk iMac from 2009 okay. with 8 my, gigs of RAM. My hardware is the 2013 Mac Pro with 64 gigs of RAM, <laughs> uh, solid-state boot drive, um, and the samples are streaming off of a USB 3 uh, solid-state drive. So... My, that sounds speedy. <laughs> I'm not running out of CPU. I'm definitely not running out of RAM. I'm not running out of <laughs> PCI lanes. Um, you know, it's just that Logic's not good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm using it for what it's actually supposed to be used for, which is a combination of uh, sequencer data played with a keyboard that gets turned into some other instrument and um, actual audio recordings, which is what Logic is supposed to be. It's supposed to be for music, and it lets you attack it from either end. Where do you want to go? Software instruments, uh, recorded live instruments, or anywhere in between. That's what it's for. That's what it's supposed to be good at. And the problems I'm having are I'm looking them up, and it's pretty much unique to Logic because it just doesn't throw resources at the plugin manager in a decent way that makes any sense or resembles what any horrible PC tool does that can handle this kind of hmm. crap on an i7 or worse with 16 gigs of RAM. And hey. and I, I don't get it. It's just, you know, I'm throwing everything I can at it. But it's at this point, you know, I'm realizing that no, it's just it's just something with logic or something that something wrong with the way core audio works <laughs> that logic is built on top of but it's just incredibly frustrating to be working with sounds that were recorded not exactly the most recently like they started putting the company started focusing on doing software instruments in 2005-ish and they've just been adding to their library ever since. And I think the ones I'm having the most trouble with are from like 2010. Mm. Um, and if you want, if you purchase the perpetual license instead of the uh, annual license, you have the option of paying $100 for a USB 3 7200 RPM laptop external drive, which is uh. actually fast enough to stream the samples from. Because it's not, you know, I'm not running out of bandwidth. Yeah. You know, it's just logic isn't, it's not splitting things. It's not separating the plugins by processes, by threads, by anything. It's just like, nope, everything that's logic has exactly 200% of CPU to work with and deal with it. That's really dumb. Yeah. And like audio is... Real-time audio is the most parallelizable thing you could possibly think of. Like, 
you have so many sources, throw one on each core. Um, it's built on top of Apple's stuff that's uh, supposed to know how many cores the system has and optimize for it, allegedly. Hmm. And it just doesn't. I don't think it's taking care. Of, it's uh, taking advantage of any GPU acceleration. It's just really frustrating to get that error with like literally the most expensive thing <laughs> Apple sells. Can you like at least bounce really fast? Like, um, uh, yes and no. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, if let's say that there were instantaneous. Uh, transfer time between you and me and you could get me an episode of something you just worked on um i could bounce that out in about three minutes you know three to five minutes for an hour of just audio audio Mm. um but of course you know it's single threaded so you know assuming my machine is willing to turbo up to four gigahertz and do it because i'm not doing anything else it'll go faster because it's not parallelized so it's not going to take advantage of all the threads so it has to turbo up and it's just like wow like this is (laughs) this is supposed to be the the best uh digital audio workstation application out there yeah. And it's behaving like it's only aware of two core CPUs. And, you know, so it's like a top end program for the early 2000s where having where the ability to process two execution threads means you had two discrete single core processors right. and hyper threading didn't exist yet because, you know, that was a big deal in the uh, early noughties and. You know, it was a big deal to to optimize for having a whole extra CPU to work with, but you know now where we have machines where it's commonplace to have between four and sixteen execution threads, and it's just not built for it. Seems um, pretty dumb. And this is kind of what went, um, kind of the reason we needed something newer than Final Cut Pro Seven because Final Cut, which was written on top of carbon <laughs> which didn't go 64 bit so um, it couldn't take care it took it couldn't take advantage of GPU acceleration it couldn't take advantage of all the possible cores it couldn't even take advantage of all your RAM yeah so Final Cut was getting really annoying to use even though it was like from a application perspective a great application um, and then they made Final Cut Pro 10, which addressed that and broke everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Final Cut Pro 10 because it's like iMovie, only a little bit better. That's all that it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, and I mean, it is cheaper than it used to be. So, But why are they cutting off the real... I mean, I appreciate that because I'm like the prosumer market. But they used to be like the gold standard for actual professionals. And they just... We're like, sorry, bye to those people. Yeah, all the big, big, big budget movies from the early 2000s were made not with not just with the versions of Final Cut Pro that were out at the time, but also Apple's uh, program, which was something they acquired called Shake, which back then was like, you know, like a three to $10,000 license. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it was... It was Pixar quality software. Right. Um, and uh, Shake was the exclusive application that also 
they let it run on Linux because basically you were just going to cluster the crap out of this thing so it could actually render anything in <laughs> 2002. Yeah. Um, but Final Cut Pro was so good in the early 2000s, like from version 1, it was so good that studios switched to Macs to use it. And this was a huge deal because studios were simultaneously like worried about the Mac because like Photoshop Ooh. wasn't on OS ten yet either. And like, you know, that's kind of the other half of your production. Like a lot of pro video production like is on Photoshop. Like Yeah. You know, because you're not gonna it's just it's just a tool in the tool chain. So Photoshop wasn't out for OS ten yet. Um, Final Cut Pro one was out for OS nine. And studios were happy to use it on OS 9 with Photoshop 5 on OS 9. Um, because, you know, artists wanted to use Final Cut. Artists, you know, would prefer to keep using their Macs. And yeah. it just was so compelling of an application that you could really convince your boss to let your studio switch to it. Because, you know, you would see it in the credits of, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like that, you know, like that, we're talking that kind of movie right. these applications were used in. And Apple just let it stagnate. They gave the market back to Adobe. They, yeah. you know, th like they just handed it to them. They, um, so when Final Cut Pro 7 was new, but already starting to show its age, because at this time it was 2008 or nine. Um, my work machine was the 2008 Mac Pro, so that was dual quad-core, and, you know, you'd hit render, and it would, you know, spike right up to 3.75 <laughs> gigabytes of RAM usage, hmm, very suspicious number, and just under 400% CPU usage. So it's like, you know, you made this work for exactly four cores and the 32 gigabyte RAM ceiling. And yeah. uh, Premiere Pro, which was cross-platform, even the Mac version at that time supported NVIDIA's proprietary CUDA uh, hardware acceleration language. Um, and they would eventually update that to be OpenCL and support uh, ATI cards as well. Um, so if you were complaining about faster renders you were already thinking about switching to premiere hmm. and then final cut pro 10 just sealed the deal because <laughs> um i get very frustrated when i listen to uh podcasts in the Appleverse, and they'll just sort of offhand say something like you know and then apple you know added features to final cut pro 10 and it was fine and it's like no it wasn't fine it's just that you know we had <laughs> deadlines and we switched to premiere and like we're not going to keep checking up on final cut pro 10 to see if it's usable yet like i'm sorry the market's just it's just not interested anymore we've mm -hmm. been portrayed and i feel like we're just <laughs> we're getting to that <laughs> point with logic now Aww. where it's like Hi guys, I'm GarageBand Plus. Yeah. Right now, if you install Logic 10 from the App Store on a new machine, it actually is GarageBand Plus. You have to go into preferences and like turn Logic back on. It hides so much stuff. Like it hides 
templates, which is such a weird decision. Like, why is that a scary pro feature? So, like, and I didn't even know that until, like, I, because uh, I think, I, let's see, on this Mac, I was using the previous version of um, Logic for a while, which I, don't worry, I obtained that legally. <laughs> the purple no. one. Uh, yeah, and it was ugly, but it worked okay. And then we, uh, I don't know why I decided that I should have Logic 10 on this machine. Um, so I think me and Steve were just like, you keep asking us stuff and we know Logic 10. Um, well, I was never editing on this machine. So I th- maybe it's just because I got that on my laptop. So I kind of got used to it or something. I don't even know. Hmm. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, and I was trying to do stuff that I had previously been doing um, in the course of recording because I have this weird recording setup um, where I basically I patch one of the outputs. I have this um, interface. Ruben hates it when I call it a mixer because <laughs> it does it doesn't mix. It's all software. Blah blah blah. Whatever the interface. Um, and I, I patch one of the outputs to one of the inputs to record the Skype track usually. And like figuring out how to do that in ten versus uh, pre previous version what was the previous version it was nine in this case oh okay because yeah you yeah. just whatever Be- because the x <laughs> could mean anything uh-huh yeah. um i i love the 10.10 .10 thing like and the, all of the errors that web like yeah 10.1 <laughs> what are you talking about because sorry apple that's how decimals work you can't just you can't use a decimal anymore you have to change it to a little heart or something if you want to change the meaning of decimals. Um, anyway, I have no, <laughs> no idea where I was going with that. But it's true that they can't just call it 10.10 because .10, that's 10.1. It's time for OS 11, um, I guess. My, uh, my Q software that I've been rewriting at work for the uh, help desk uh, collects your user agent when you put in a ticket because it's, you know, like a, just a heads up of the people you know, that are going to go service you what machine you're abusing, you know, to <laughs> a, a tiny extent. Um, and um, with 10.10, .10, Apple changed their Safari user agent string to use underscores instead of points. Mm. Um, and that was a good thing uh, because it means that if you're doing really lazy substring matches for like 10.1, Right. Um, you know, to see if you're running uh, Puma? No. Cheetah? Cheetah. No, I got that. I was no. right. It was Puma. Yeah, it was, it was. Puma. Yeah. Cheetah was 10.0. Well, anyway, right. based on which cat yeah. it detected, um, it would show, like, you know, just uh, a picture of the cat, like, where the OS logo should be instead, because mm. I thought that was cuter. It is. <laughs> um, so, you know, while I was using the... Um, while I was using the like first beta, I noticed the underscore thing, and it just showed up as you know like um, my sort of uh, default fallback, which was OS 10 unreleased version. Um, hmm. Then the GM came out. It finally started propagating through people's work machines because anyone who has a Mac um, has admin rights to their own machine because there's no reason to lock it down. Because, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? And in actuality, like, no, not that much goes wrong. You can yeah. you can let people have admin rights on their Macs. The worst thing you have to do is wipe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually a hard drive failure. People rarely yeah. screw things up because you can trust updates. Um, but we mm-hmm. have a couple of Firefox holdouts. 
And mm-hmm. Firefox didn't observe this change in the uh, user agent string. <laughs> so um, I would see the uh, cute little puma kitten I put in there. <laughs> Occasionally I'm like, what? You know, like, who the... How could you... Could those even get online? <laughs> like somebody brought their toilet book to work. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I I print out the string, like, you know, just as a sanity thing because we're IT guys and we could look at ugly things like that. And it's like, no, no, Firefox is just being ridiculous mm. and not observing the thing because that's what they do. And that's why they lost so much market share because they didn't want to get on the H264 train. Yeah. And Chrome's like, I'll do it. Yeah. And everyone's worried. And now Chrome, uh, I mean, I keep hearing reports periodically that Chrome is actually the number one browser. Although, of course, it, uh, you know, it really depends what segment you're looking at. But uh, I use Chrome and it's okay. Yeah. There was a while there while Chrome was like, hey, we made uh, WebM and we're going to sunset H264. And <laughs> the web as a whole was like, huh? And no. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, no, Free- nobody supports WebM. It's for for years I resisted Chrome and I was mad at anybody who used Chrome because it it was pretty bad at rendering pages the way I intended them to be rendered like back in the day like in the mid to late aughts um, but then I finally switched and it's fine <laughs> yay Chrome um, yeah uh, um, oh. The, the o- other thing about logic, though. Yes, the OS 10 tangent was logic version numbers. Right. You were using yes. 9 and 10 hides the pro features. Yeah. Um, so I figured out eventually how to turn those on. So uh, my last um, Totally Uncool, actually, the first version that I uploaded was completely screwed up because I right. found out I found out about, the, and I'm pretty sure this is why, although I'm not positive, um, the drag settings the default is no overlap but a really useful one is shuffle left when i'm cutting out a big chunk of audio because it's boring or whatever so i've like flipped between them and i suspect that i had it on shuffle left when i meant to nudge like something a little bit or or maybe even when i just dragged to the end of the um the end of the track what do you call that not the end of the the project end the little arrow over on the the right the the work area (laughs) Uh, sure, that. Uh, I, I suspect that that like, shuffled left all of the segments, which also have another name that I can't remember. I'm sounding like an idiot, but I swear. <laughs> yeah. You... <laughs> the things. The segment dealies, you know, when the... you... Yeah, I'm, I'm confused <laughs> if those are regions or tracks or... Regions. I regions think they're regions. What... Yeah, that's how it refers to them. Which mm-hmm. reminds me of which another irritating thing. So anyway, I'm pretty sure it shuffled them all left so they were kind of abutting each other and it sounded like my guest was talking over me the whole time, which she totally wasn't at all. Um, So I had to like go back and move each of them. It would be one thing if I if the whole thing had just been shifted left or right, I could just like, okay, fine, drag it over. But no, they're all different. So I had to go through each of the regions and individually adjust them to the correct position. And it was a pain and but 
another super extremely useful uh, feature, especially when you're doing that, is in the navigate menu. There's a navigate to beginning of selection item and the helpful little icon picture. I mean, okay, so it's cool that for the menu items, Apple labels it with the keyboard shortcut, but the keyboard shortcut for that one is control and then an arrow that's pointing up and to the left. And I'm like, I do not have a diagonally up and to the left key. What the <laughs> hell are you talking about, Apple? So I asked Joe because I figured if anybody would know that infuriating arcane piece of knowledge, it would be Joe. And uh, I, I was walking home at the moment. Uh, um, and this is when I found a little irritating thing in uh, Slack, which is that she, uh, you asked your question and like you just put it in like the image title for you know when you upload an image it asks what you want to call it right um and on the ios app like if that's longer than the width of your iphone like too bad yeah that's infuriating <laughs> i was like and like being the verbose woman that you are <laughs> like your question got up like up to the word joe before it cut off <laughs> and there was no question yet that's awesome <laughs> yeah i uh I like words. Circumlocution? Is that the word I learned from you? <laughs> it's one of the words you learned from me, yeah. It's when you talk around and around a thing. Um, but anyway, so what did that turn out to be? The home key or page up? or uh, I, I think um, it might have been home, maybe. I'm not, uh, the keyboard, I have this, uh, on this iMac, I have the stupid little numpad list keyboard so i don't even know right i don't even know i did not definitively determine what key that was i just kept using the stupid menu like an idiot because it's either home or page up um hmm. and the so this is um infuriating because this is inconsistent as well um one of them has like Um, so when you see an arrow key in the menu, like it never means an arrow key, like it means like home and page up or page down. Um, and it's been inconsistent, um, applications that use the diagonals to mean home because it's like, uh, like diagonal up left because it's like, no, no, really the top as opposed to like just an up arrow, which would be a page up. Mm. Um, or if they use a system of like dots and dashes in the midst <laughs> of an up and down arrow for one to mean page up and one to be home and to distinguish that also from an up arrow key which can also be a thing and it's just just don't use these things as keyboard shortcuts with modifier keys attached it's just hard enough choice. for me to remember the weird thing that means option and the little carrot guy that means control i finally I've done enough stuff with Unix-like systems that I know offhand that that means control, but I always freaking forget which one is option. Yeah, like. and um, that one just also like, didn't migrate its way to any other platform for whatever reason. Everyone else yeah. just wrote out alt in the menu. Yeah, which is fine. That's fine. In fact, the key on my Apple keyboard says option and then above it in little tiny text is alt and that's okay just right. freaking put alt there so the uh, command key used to have an apple on it in addition I to know. the command symbol so like why is there not the option symbol somewhere on the option key like there you, used you to totally... be didn't there i don't think i ever saw that oh well, maybe not 
I kind of miss the Apple key. Um, well, because it was adorable. But but um, one advantage of the weird little curly icon is that the way um, my friend who basically taught me a lot of what I knew about Macs when I was first learning about Macs, uh, she taught me to remember the keyboard shortcut to bring up the, well, to, re, to force a reboot was control flower power. So you would hit the control key and the command key and then the power button, which was sometimes on the keyboard, uh, especially with the, the blue and white G3's uh, universally reviled keyboard, I believe had a, um, and you needed to restart those a lot. <laughs> those blue and whites were terrible. Yeah. And well, it, and OS 9 and even, and especially OS 8 uh, were kind of terrible too. And I think those shipped with 7.66 or something. Anyway. 7.6.1. Oh, okay. That that was a version number that I feel like was around forever. Mm. Yeah, it, it used to last a lot longer than they do, except for the one, what was it? when? Wasn't it like really quick when they switched to 8 or something like that? Or 8? I forget. Wasn't there something about uh, cutting off the clones, the Mac clones? Oh, yeah. Um, I forget. Thomas Brand would know this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, Yeah. Um, I think they buried it with OS 8 and went to 9, but 9 wasn't really a new version. Okay. Yeah, anyway, Arcane Mac Trivia. Doo, doo, doo. Um, uh, yeah, so anyway, if you ever need to force a restart, I believe it still works, but now you have to kind of reach around and figure out like where, if you're on, a, if you're on an iMac, like I always go for the wrong side first because I don't know. I just always think it should be on the right, and it's not. It's, on it's the not? Well, it's not. I would go one. for the right. <laughs> I know, but at least on this iMac, and I'm pretty sure because the ports are on the right and the power button is on the left. I I think. Well, and this is from the perspective of reaching around the back of the, from the front to the back of the computer. Of course, if you're looking at the at it from the back, like some kind of weirdo who's uh, partially embedded in my wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you have uh, to do that a lot less. The uh, the G3 IMAX had that cute little dwarf and the uh, cables inside it, and that was always on the right. Yeah. I kind of want... I, I wish I had stolen that Flower Power IMAX from my old, old employer. <laughs> it fell out of inventory at some point, I was told, so I totally could have gotten away with that. I'd be like, no, what did, no this is mine. Um, but I didn't. Cause... Yeah, it would have made a really cool aquarium and or litter box. No. Oh, are you kidding me? That would be way too small for my cats. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Kira maybe could fit in it, but not mine. I I have small litter boxes that are covered that my cats totally fit in. Anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah. This is what we get for not recording for a month. There's just too I much pent-up ridiculous that just smooths its way into things. And I'm not going to cut it. Because <laughs> Brian was asking for a new episode, so he's going to get yeah. another one. Brian, this is your fault. Um, and if you if you <laughs> want to thank Brian, you can buy his iPad game, um, uh, Drawn to Kill, 
or you should follow him on Twitter at Tangent Worlds to find out about his upcoming game, Zoonets, which is adorable, and we've been uh, both playtesting it. And uh, also, I feel like I'm doing it at the end of, like, Unconsolable or something. But I feel like <laughs> I should. I feel like, and, like, your game, you should promote more, because your upcoming, well, games, plural, I guess. Are you mostly working on Yeti Pie now, or have you have you made much progress on Jump E, or your actual real game <laughs> that these are both side <laughs> projects to? Yeah, that's a funny story, and um, <laughs> I'll tell the story when you have me on Unconsolable. Okay, fine. <laughs> Tease. Um, yeah. Uh, logic sucks, and I hate it. Marco was bitching about Logic recently. Yeah, he was, um, and that's kind of important because, like, people listen to Marco. I'm pretty sure, like, a lot of people are dealing with editing podcasts and Logic <laughs> because, like, you know, Marco does it. Um, and I'm pretty sure that, um, ATP might be the size of the rest of Relay. Mm. And even though it's not part of it, but, you know, they're pretty close. So, you know, they have a lot of listeners. Yeah. Um, and a lot of their listeners are people who podcast or do other Apple-y things in the Appleverse. (laughs) Um... And he's been getting at something that I've been saying, you know, forever, which is uh, logics for music. Like, all you yeah, people stuffing but... <laughs> hour-long singular files into it and trying to get them to stay synchronized. And um, I've, uh, so I edited episode 40-something, I think, of Unconsolable. Yeah. And you gave me your control strip settings and, like... Like, even, like, transferring those between computers was, like, put it in this library directory. Like, oh, yeah. What it's a, a freaking un-Apple ass. thing to do. <laughs> like, how come I can't just drag this little file into the control strip thingy in Logic? Like, That nope. would make sense. Nope. <laughs> Never thought of anyone to be able to do that or drag them out, for that matter, and yeah. make files like that to pass around to people. Uh, so it's, like... Uh, okay, this is weird and annoying. And then I tried to actually do it, and, like, I'm just so used to video editors (laughs) that it's like, you know, to me, a podcast is just, you know, a nice long video project that I don't have to worry about video with. Right. (laughs) So I did it in uh, Premiere, which is what I edit this show in. I've I've been working in Premiere since 2001. Um, I left Premiere for Final Cut. Then we was betrayed and had to go back. Aww. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's what my fingers are used to. I don't like words like shuffle left. Like, I, you know, prefer the terminology of ripple delete. Um, so, Which uh, makes no sense to me, so. Well, it's you delete the thing and then the rest of the tracks ripple down so there's not a gap. Yeah. That, yeah, I guess, okay, fine, that does make sense. And it's just so irritating to switch between modes in that stupid little pull-down, which it took me forever to find out about. Because it's for music! I know, I know, but Your I... Your podcast isn't in 4.4 at 120 BPM. What are you talking about? That's what the project setting says. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the key of C, didn't you know? Um, yeah. And I should, I really should switch, because I have Audition. I should use Audition. Sometimes I do use Audition because it's so much better at deal at like cleaning up noisy audio. Well, Adobe has a tom- uh, common toolkit, so the effects that are in Audition are pretty available in Premiere. 
well, yeah, but I'm not used to Premiere, so why wouldn't I just use Audition? Because you totally have to edit all those videos all the time. I really don't, though. You did for whatever reason you needed Final Cut Pro X. Um, yeah, that was one time. <laughs> that was and not I'd... worth $300. Well, no, I used the free trial. Are you kidding oh, okay. me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Also, although my work was supposed to buy it for me, and they never did, and I didn't push for it, because if I had it, I might have to edit video more often. I don't um, think my work to this day has figured out how to do Mac App Store purchases. Well, yeah, um... They'd, in fact, that might be why they didn't. I don't know. It was supposed to be licensed through uh, the stupid IT department. Who were they're all yeah. individually nice people, but they together they comprise. They like they they make up a terrible IT department. And anyway, um, also I've, a lot of them were old Novell trolls. I, I've, so. I've looked into how this is supposed to work, and um, as an institution, you can buy n licenses on a single credit card. Haha, <laughs> like academia has a credit card you can give to someone <laughs> um and then they send you 50 promo codes essentially mm. um which are you know redeem once per email address and that's that's, right. that's annoying too because like that's not the it workflow like we um you know we go in with to someone's machine with our network credentials and install stuff and then you know log out and give the machine back you know, you don't, yeah. and um, we consider licenses belonging to hardware, not individuals. Right. So that person leaves and it's tied to an email address we can't decommission nor access because of privacy laws. And it's just like, you know, like the license can't, you know, poof away. Yeah. So, like, we just never Make went fake forward email with dealing maybe. with it. Yeah, no. I, I remember actually, now that you uh, told me the whole thing again, that uh, we actually had an Apple rep. Um, have like a presentation of all of this stuff among other things like there was this idea that I and the other Mac guy well it's not true I was the other Mac guy and he was the Mac guy Uh, even though it was always so disappointing like I would have a really hairy problem and I'd ask him for advice and he'd be like did you try these four things and I'd already tried them and I was like damn it you're supposed to be the guru tell me something I don't already know but he never did so I was equally Mac guyish but the users wouldn't believe it first of all he was a man I was a woman Mm -hmm. which is always and I was younger and whatever they knew him so it was mostly okay some people wouldn't let me fix their computers they just had a broken computer and, and I was like okay fine (laughs) <laughs> I could take it. I at at some point I opted to stop taking that kind of thing personally because otherwise I would lose my mind and kill somebody. No, not kill somebody, but you know, joke about killing somebody a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot where I was going with that too. Um, Mac guy demonstrated. Oh yeah, the thing. we were all we were all going to get Apple certified so that we could like do chargebacks on the like student computers and stuff that we fixed. That never happened because it would have cost like fifty bucks an employee. That's outrageous. So of course they never did the licensing thing either. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe with the uh, IBM stuff they're doing now, enterprisey stuff will get a little more better, or they'll just you know keep <laughs> like. Um, so a lot of people had Snow Leopard on their machines for the longest time because that was the one, you know, that you could get a DMG from ADC from and burn as many copies as you wanted. Like, you didn't even have to, like, buy a retail one and rip it. 
you know, you could just download it and, right. you know, give CDs to whoever asked for them because, you know, you know, we could just say, you know, whatever, you know what you're doing. You have admin rights. It's going to take two hours, so we don't want to be up there for it anyway because <laughs> spinning discs. Right. Um, and then line was like 20 bucks. And, you know, because we, because we didn't know how to order Mac App Store purchases, mm. like nobody updated until whatever, whenever it turned free. Yeah, I, I loaded it on my person, on my work IMAX just because I had purchased it for my home IMAX. And there was this weird, like thing where my personal Apple ID was responsible for all kinds of things on my work iMac and it was really awkward. Yeah, my personal Apple ID has a couple of work related purchases on it, but you know, whatever, you know, now I have those licenses too just in case I didn't <laughs> figure out how to try to get petty cash back from the company. Like uh, I think the only like major one I did was PDF pen pro because like mm. i never use that at home but i need it all the time at work because people don't understand you need to keep the word document around after you send me a pdf Ugh. isn't web development fun oh yes yes people are always wanting you to edit their freaking word documents i'm like really nope. and my my position was well i didn't create this document so i couldn't possibly update it do you have the original word document you should update that and i can turn it into a pdf for you if you really need me to but uh, e- my even that I wouldn't do for people. I would be like, does this need to be posted as a Word document or a PDF? A PDF, please. Like, can you give me a PDF? Although usually that would bite me in the ass because then they'd send back something that they printed and then scanned. <laughs> and then it's yeah. tilted and grayscale and... Large. <laughs> both both lar- much larger in file size and much harder to read. If we get to a uh, political... Uh, show at any point in what was supposed to be a mostly political podcast um i would like to talk about how infuriating it is to have staff who don't keep up their knowledge base and this isn't ageism it's you know some people regardless of age race gender and there creed, are very just, young people who don't know choose a goddamn thing. not to do just choose not to keep up on these skills that are not only on their resume but also on the job requirement are never Mm. tested on it the only people that find out they're incompetent are in it and And we can't fire them and we can't fire them and there are tons (laughs) of people who you know need these crappy thirty six thousand dollar a year office jobs that you know do know how to print a pdf from work (sighs) and have it be vectored yeah very frustrating yep (laughs) like in fact there should be in in my every in my university like everybody who was hired there was like 90 days probation period in which you could actually just fire somebody i think that some point in those 90 days like there should be a consult with it like just call up the help desk and be like so how's so and so working out and if you haven't heard from them at all that's maybe a good sign but sometimes (laughs) it has some really useful input when i worked at the computer lab job um we actually had a semesterly test we had to take which had some very very basic questions about um various applications um you know not because it was your job to sort of 
be able to fix anything or be an expert in Word. But, you know, like, you know, uh, classic crap, like someone wants to print their spreadsheet and <laughs> there's a column on the second piece of paper. And, you know, like, just know what to do about, right. you know, that sort of situation, you know, you know, just basically like, you know, these are multiple choice answers and it's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, print Excel from the drop down uh, scale content or whatever. That's what it's called now. I don't remember what it was in 2000s, mm. um, but, you know, basic stuff like that. And I think like that kind of thing, like is should be part of that horrible online training you do for the sexual harassment yeah. and the yeah. uh, not accepting bribes kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny how in academia we all have to take the don't take bribes and don't yeah. sexually. And those are so useless. It would be so much better to require people to take like basic and and especially like how's about some basic security training? Right. Don't give your password to the student employee ever or anyone else ever. IT does not need your stinking password. Uh, I would love if it was considered an infosec violation if IT has to do virus removal on your machine. Oh, that would be delightful. Because we have, you know, the corporate antivirus crap installed. So, you know, it means you really did something ridiculous to get that on there. Yes. Yeah, and the uh, leaked password stuff and all that. It's just, people are gross. Not yep. the Mac users, though. No. Nope. Your machines stay clean. Pretty much. It was pretty funny. No, I'm not going to go on that tangent right now. Ha ha, jailbroken I- iPhones. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, with all of the things that have leaked for the September 9th event, which will be like the day after I post this. Um, I'm so happy that it's the 9th, by the way, because I have a job interview on the 8th, right at the time. Oh, that would be awful. I know. I would be like, I would be going crazy. Anyway. I I put myself as unavailable in my exchange calendar during Apple events. Like, nope, can't take a meeting at that time. I don't think that the exact date and time had been announced yet when I when I made that appointment. Right. Anyway, yeah. and also I, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but um, the uh, uh, Mark Ehrman, who has been like completely on point with leaks lately, like today posted the last bit of unknown information, which was our updated iPads going to be shoehorned into this event as well. Um, with a very probable yes, and like I don't know if I should even bother with my traditional Apple event bingo board, because <laughs> I fill it up with the contradicting predictions. Because <laughs> if I know everything ahead of time, then you know you you just automatically get bingo all the time. Because I can only think of you know like fifty possible spaces to begin with. So now if right. I can only think of twenty five spaces and they're all true. <laughs> What the hell yeah. is even the point? You know, unless, you know, like, you know, there's always, you know, the generic bingo board crap, you know, like, uh, this is the best blank yet, and, uh, you know, cheap cracks about Android or right. falling Windows market share, but it's like, eh, I enjoyed my yeah. prediction bingo. And right. everything's ruined. Ruined. <laughs> yeah. Boo. Yeah. Bingo's fun. <laughs> it is fun. So I'll see how I feel, like, 
Wednesday morning because I'll be too excited to do work at work anyway. So I'll see if I can throw anything together, see if there's any (laughs) last minute things that are still up in the air. I mean, like, the only thing up in the air at this point is um, if Apple does have an Apple TV SDK with games, which is looking like a very probably yes. Um, mm. Do they have a first-party controller with, like, buttons and sticks on it? Yeah, that... I would wager on no on that one. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because the most recent episode of Connected, the guys spoke about how, like, Apple doesn't need to do a good job of that, but it just sort of sends a message that, like, they actually kind of care about this, Mm. which they didn't do a good job of sending with SpriteKit and um, controller support in iOS 7 with the MFI controller program, because those are all terrible. SpriteKit's (laughs) terrible. You can ask me and Brian about that. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah. If I do a bingo, I'll tweet it. (laughs) 